0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 55 of the first and foremost sports podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Covington, and I'm joined by my brother.
1: What's up? What's up? It's Quentin Douglas. What's going on, everybody? Man, what's going on, Quentin? How you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty good. How about you, bro? I'm doing pretty good, man.
0: Got a little good workout in this morning. You know, got a solid breakfast. I'm just chilling. Ready for the NBA finals tonight.
1: Good old workout. Get them juices pumping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trying to get right. You be on the stair
0: climber? I had to start off 15 minutes, then did a little circuit, pushed the sled. I did the little ropes thing, you know, uh, did some shrugs for about 20 yards. Then I did some chest stuff in the circuit, too. So, yeah, got a
1: little work in man. Man, hitting them ropes, be having your shoulders about ready to fall off. (laughs) I can barely feel my arms now. Man, see what I mean? (laughs) But yeah, before we get started, man, we just want to throw out there to everybody, of course, uh, take the time to subscribe. We're pretty much on all uh, podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Anchor, Pocket Cast. And also be sure to follow us on all of our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at First underscore foremost eight also you can find us on instagram at first and foremost underscore sports and for sure you know you can follow us we have our facebook page as well as our facebook group at first and foremost sports podcast so jimmy you ready to get into it my guy yes sir let's
0: go ahead and get started so first off i'm going to talk about the nba finals thus far uh, we all know that Phoenix leads Milwaukee two to one and uh, game four is tonight at eight o'clock. So Quinn, what are your thoughts on the NBA Finals thus far and uh, how do you
1: see this shaking out? Yeah, so of course, before this all began to take place, my my prediction was Phoenix in six, but you know, I think we both can say that a lot has transpired since then. Uh, of course, both teams have held down home court so far, but for sure tonight, so uh, it, I think it's a must-win game for Milwaukee. But, you know, I think any questions about Giannis's health at this point is in the rearview mirror. I mean, he's gone back-to-back 40-point games, and, you know, the biggest difference from game two to game three, he finally got some help from his supporting cast. Uh, yes, Giannis got his, as I mentioned, but uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, I don't know if it was their home cooking, but, uh, you know, they showed up and really helped out Giannis, especially, I mean, Chris Middleton, before halftime, he had more points than he had all the game, too. And then Drew Holiday, he had his own stretch in the third quarter where he took over and the Bucs went on a 24-6 run, and Drew Holiday scored or assisted on 22 of 24 of those points. And, you know, I think the Bucks figured out in game three, especially with the Suns, you know, Dario Sarge going down with the ACL, and Torrey Craig, he came back in game three, but I think it was pretty obvious that he's not back at 100%. Uh, and so the Bucks, they pretty much dominated on the offensive glass. Uh, the, the second chance points category was so lopsided. And then on top of that, you know, to go along with their height deficiencies, you had DeAndre Ayton, who was tasked with guarding Giannis pretty much, and he was in foul trouble. Uh, and so I think the second half, he didn't get to play even double-digit minutes. And so anytime you have the guy who's your third best player not being able to play in crucial moments of a game like that, uh, it's going to cost you. And we see that the Bucs might have figured out a formula for beating the Nets in this fi- or the Suns in this finals. So I will say, um,
0: like I said, I had also had Phoenix in six, and I, I really they really hadn't changed for me. Uh, we knew coming into it, uh, that the key to Milwaukee was, you know, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday performing up to expectations. And, I mean, thus far they really haven't done that. I mean, Milwaukee got, their last, got the last win in game three. They played well. Uh, but the previous two games they didn't. I mean, we all know Giannis is going to be Giannis. Uh, they don't have anybody that can match him one-on-one. There's not many guys in the league uh, that can match him one-on-one. So, I mean, I've, I kind of expected him to dominate. But I think uh, the, the games really haven't been close, if you think about it. The average margin of victory for the winning team is 14 points per game. Uh, so, you know, whoever wins is winning, you know, handedly. And, you know, the, I got a few numbers here. I mean, both teams are shooting over 46% from the field. Uh, both teams are shooting over 37% from three. So they're getting some great looks on both sides. Uh, so, you know, so I think, you know, but Devin Booker uh, has to play better. Uh, shooting 38% from the field. Uh, but Chris Paul has been amazing. The DeAndre Aiden has done what they've asked him to do. Uh, but I think, you know, I think Phoenix can win this. I mean, but think about last game. Uh, Phoenix shot the ball terribly from three. The team shot nine of 31 from three-point range last game. Uh, Booker was three of 14 from the field. And uh, a combination of Booker, Chris Paul, and Cam Johnson uh, went three of 16 from three-point range. That's not going to happen. Uh, every single game, I'm sure. I mean, everybody understands that. Everybody knows that. So, I mean, even with it being a 20 point game, Phoenix still has an opportunity to win. The to win tonight, they have to just have to shoot a little better. I mean, and then Devin Booker didn't play the fourth quarter. We all saw that he was terrible last game. So, I don't expect Devin Booker to go three or 14 again. I don't expect them to shoot 29 percent from three again either. So, I'm going with Phoenix tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, you made a lot of good points, but I mean, really, in this series so far, we haven't seen either team uh, really be able to show that they're able to win on the road. And, you know, really, I think it's got to come down to Phoenix and the fact that they do have home court advantage uh, as to who's going to win this series. And I'm glad you brought up Devin Booker, because as you said, uh, you know, the, the 10 points he had in game three, That was his second-lowest scoring game of the season. And, yes, uh, you know, like you said, I really don't expect him to have another game performance that bad. But you do have to give credit to Milwaukee because, you know, namely in the first half, Chris Middleton specifically uh, was really giving Devin Booker fits, and he really wasn't getting any good looks. Uh, And I think on the other side, I mean – is Phoenix gonna make any adjustments to try to stop Giannis? Because clearly guarding him one on one and getting it done—that's true. That's true. And one thing I forgot to mention
0: is that you know the the free throw shooting of uh, the Bucks are shooting as a team are attempting almost twenty two free throws a game. Uh, Giannis is taking fifteen of those. I've had in Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are attempting less than three free throws a game combined. So I think one of the biggest problems with the books is that they shoot a lot of jump shots and guy outside of Giannis, nobody even tries attempts to go into the paint. And I mean Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday they both have both have a nice handle. They should be able to get to the paint. I mean the Suns have some good wing defenders, but they don't have any anybody that's just that's just you can't get to the paint on. Like let's let's be real here. Like, Mikhail Bridges is a great defender. Uh, Jay Crowder is a solid defender, a versatile defender. Devin Booker is solid. Chris, Chris Paul is solid. Uh, but they should still be able to get to the rim. Maybe not at will. But they should still be able to get to the paint. And uh, it's just a, it's that kind of stuff right there. Like, I've heard several analysts. We've seen Shaq. We've seen Chuck said Kendrick Perkins. It seems like the Bucks are one of the dumbest playoff teams this year. And that's why. Like, you can get to the paint. You know, they're not even attempting to get to the paint, which is uh, a concern. It may not be. It might be, you know, two one Milwaukee uh, if that's if they. I think if they attack the paint more. So I'm expecting they should attack the paint more tonight. Uh, I know 21 free throws is a lot, but like I said, you're you're able to. You got guys with a solid handle who can make plays. Uh, you know, Giannis shouldn't be the only one shooting free throws, and Giannis isn't a great free throw shooter. Uh, so he's only making about 65 percent of his free throws. Uh, the games would be the games probably would have been a lot closer. If more guys are attacking, because we know Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are solid free throw shooters. So they need to attack the paint more if Milwaukee wants to win tonight and win
1: any more games going forward. Right. And, you know, while it hasn't been the most pretty, definitely credit to Giannis. Uh, You know, for the most part, he's been knocking down a good majority of his free throws so far in the finals. But you're right. You made a great point. Uh, and I think it really segues perfectly into our next topic uh, about game four tonight and really the rest of the series, you know, about the Bucks, A lot of things they do is just so questionable. You know, for a team, they just have so much size compared to the Suns. I mean, I just talked about, you know, they already didn't have much size to begin with. And now, you know, I said Dario Sarge is out. And then Tory Craig, he isn't the biggest. He's only like 6'7". But, uh, you know, in their small ball lineups, he runs some four and whatnot. And, you know, him being injured uh, only, only, you know, makes the blow worse. But like you said, Milwaukee's going to have to make the adjustment to get to the basket because you got Brooke Lopez, you got Giannis. You know, Chris Middleton has nice solid size. Drew Holiday. He's a guard, but you know he can bang down low, and he plays pretty physical. You got Bobby Portis. I mean, the height, the size advantage is so obvious. Um, I just don't get why they haven't taken advantage there more. At least before That's game true. three, anyway. That's true. That's true. They definitely got to attack
0: the paint more because that, like I said, that opens up three-point shooters. I mean, they, and they've shot. Like I said, they've even shot shot the ball well from three. Uh, but it just adds another dimension when you're attacking the paint, and get a lot of easy free throws. And maybe you can get uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton going a little more uh,
1: than what they're doing right now. Right, for sure. Uh, but, I mean, you know, looking ahead to game four tonight, you know, first I think, you know, what I'll be keeping my eye on, you know, Phoenix got abused on the glass last game. Especially, uh, you know, Milwaukee had plenty of offensive rebounds. Uh, And so, especially with their lack of size, it's going to be interesting to see how they'll they'll try to secure those rebounds and limit Milwaukee's chances on the offensive end. And a big key to that, DeAndre Aiden's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. And, you know, with that lack of size, to be honest, He's probably the person on their team I trust the most at least one-on-one wise to stay in front of Giannis. But I just you know, we've seen teams in the past, you know Miami last year, Toronto the year before. These teams build a wall to stop and pretty much neutralize Giannis. And I'm just trying to figure out why Phoenix hasn't gone to that yet. And so My eyes will be on Monty Williams tonight, and will he make those adjustments? Like I said, I think I mentioned it earlier. I'm I'm going with Phoenix tonight, uh,
0: but, I mean, the formula is essentially the same. Giannis is going to need help from Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and Brooke Lopez has got to show up to the party too. Uh, If they can attack and be aggressive, then Milwaukee can win this game, but I don't. They haven't done that consistently with Giannis in the lineup. The most, the most I've seen Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton attack uh, was against you know late in the series against the Nets, and then also when Giannis went down against the Atlanta Hawks. So it seems like when Giannis is in the lineup, it's like they don't attack for some reason. And it should be even more of a reason to attack because it gives you know it doesn't allow them to focus on one man. Uh, so, but I think Phoenix will make the proper adjustments tonight. Like, I trust Monty Williams more than I trust uh, Mike Budenholzer, so I'm gonna go with Phoenix tonight.
1: I got you. Uh, I, I'll still roll with Milwaukee tonight, but I still wouldn't be shocked if Phoenix pulls it all off in six if they win the last two and pull it all off. Yep, We'll see. Uh, I'm excited for tonight's game. Uh, it seems like it's
0: been forever since they played, and they, they just played Sunday. So, <laughs> Man, those two-day gaps be feeling like a week. I promise they do. I was used to seeing
1: the game every other every night or every other night, man. And especially going from like the difference in the first round of the playoffs to now, because first round of the playoffs, I mean, you got like three, four games every night. <laughs> yeah, it's been a big difference, but it's been a, it's been a solid series so far. It's, it's been
0: it's been a very good series. I, I'm you know I'm liking what I'm seeing from the players. Uh, Giannis is, is stepping into his own. I think people are starting to see him more as a center, which is I believe that's what he is. Even I, at times, found myself criticizing him, but I was thinking of him as like a wing player, like a KDL LeBron, and that's not what he is. He's a, he's a, a uber-athletic center. That's that's exactly what it is. So I think once people start seeing him like that, then the criti- people will
1: criticize him less. And you know, I think, too, a lot more people who were really heavily criticizing Giannis at first with these NBA Finals, I think they're just starting to appreciate his greatness, truly, now. And I, I'm happy for him. Because, I mean, he's dude, he's a monster. <laughs> and like we and said, just, pretty much
0: one-on-one, it's no guarding him. No, nah, it's really not. I could think of maybe three or four guys. But even then, I don't think you want them guarding him all game long. Like, I mean, obviously, we've seen Bam Adebayo do it. Uh, we've seen I mean I'm sure Anthony Davis could, I'm sure LeBron could and Spurts, Kawhi Leonard and Spurs, but that's about it. And even though, like those last three guys I mentioned, even those, like you don't want them guarding him the entire game because of what they have to do offensively. So
1: Nah, yeah, because even with the Heat last year, uh when they was playing the Bucks in the playoffs, they went to the wall too.
0: And like I said, you gotta have shot blockers. And Phoenix doesn't really have I mean Aiden can block shots, but he's not really a shot blocker. So you Know, like I said, but and like I said, if Chris, like I mentioned earlier, if Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday would show up like they need to show up, then this would be a completely
1: different series right now, exactly. And that's really been the you know, the biggest X factor, uh, which we really me and you both said that from the beginning because I mean, you look at both sides and you know, supposedly the big three and CP3D book and Aiden, I mean. You know, pretty much how they outplayed Giannis, uh, Middleton, and Holiday the first two games. I mean, it wasn't even close. And, you know, like you said, it's pretty much all on Holiday and Middleton because, I mean, Giannis was doing what he had to do. I mean, even the first game as a decoy, he was – I mean, he was pretty effective. Chris Paul has been uh,
0: been quietly great too. He's been uh, extremely efficient shooting over 50% from the field and 50% from three. But one thing I did notice with him and Devin Booker was the turnovers. They're averaging a combined over six turnovers a game, and Chris Paul is averaging four. And That's something that we're not used to seeing from him. So maybe, you know, fatigue. I think with Devin Booker, you know, like I said, shooting percentages have steadily dropped. I think it's more so I think after – Patrick Beverly hit him in the nose and broke his nose. I think his shooting has been a lot worse since then. I think that has something to do with it too. And then think about it, this is the most games he's most games he's ever played in the season,
1: right? So I think you and, know, that- uh, yeah, yeah. And even last game with uh, Monty Williams benching him fourth quarter, you know, for one he stuck the joint up. That was the primary reason he was sitting. But, uh, you know, he's been playing a lot of heavy minutes in the playoffs. So he really needed that rest. So hopefully tonight he'll have his legs back under him a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're going to move on here. Uh, We're going to
0: stick with some basketball, but we're taking it to the Olympics. So uh, Team USA thus far in the exhibition games has gone one of two. And uh, there's two losses came against Nigeria and Australia. Uh, Quinn, do you feel like it's entirely too early to be worried about Team USA?
1: Man, for me personally, yes. I mean, before this year, I've never really cared about the exhibition games, and it's really kind of the same. I mean, really, essentially, for one, I mean, the team doesn't have any chemistry. A lot of these guys this is their first time playing in the Olympics. Uh, these some of these guys have never been teammates before. And so, I mean, they have no clue of uh, what it's like to be on the court with each other. And, you know, you can see that with a lot of iso ball and one-on-one ball going on. Uh, but, you know, as they've gone through the games, you know, the Nigeria game was just a disaster. Uh, but the Australia game, I mean, they played well in the first half. But, you know, second half, you know, I don't know if – I don't know if it's because if it's fatigue still carrying over from the NBA season, or, you know, like I said, just the chemistry of still figuring each other out, but, you know, just down the stretch late in that Australia game, they just fell apart and Australia who's a veteran Olympic team. A lot of them played together, um, you know, their cohesion showed up and they were able to pull it out in the end. But, you know, I think ultimately, This just speaks to the fact that other teams are starting to close the gap on the U.S. Um, I mean, you look at Nigeria, they have five NBA players. And while they weren't all just huge contributors in the NBA, you look at a guy like Gabe Vincent, he went six for eight on threes for Nigeria. Um, And, you know, guys like that, when they're in those countries, they play for their Olympics team from the time they're teenagers. And so, you know, they have a leg up on our guys, and they already have that experience and know the magnitude and what it's like. And, I mean, even for Australia, they had six NBA players with Matthew Della Vadova, Joe Ingles, uh, Patty Mills, who mm-hmm. was our, was the sword on our side, and Matisse Thibel. Uh But, you know, pretty much for Team U.S., they don't have any size. I don't think we have any seven-footers on the team. Uh, outside, really, of Bam out and Draymond Green, everyone else really isn't known for their defense. I've talked about the chemistry. Um, I mean, as far as playmaking goes and someone who can get the team easy looks, you really don't have that true facilitator on the team, uh, like Chris Paul or somebody like that. And then, like I said, the NBA season for a lot of these guys just ended, you know, namely guys like Kevin Durant, who's been asked to carry a lot of the load. And so, you know, I think once the Olympics comes, uh, they'll have things a little bit better figured out and they should be good to go. Now, will they be guaranteed to win gold? That's a completely different story
0: one one of my biggest issue uh well so far thus far uh the biggest issue has been on ball defense and defending a three-point shot and then like you mentioned a lack of size uh both you know in those two games uh both teams have shot extremely well from three-point range which is which is an issue you don't really have any outside of draymond and drew holiday who's going to be coming out the finals you really don't have any real defenders beyond that I and mean, then think about it Kevin Durant is the tallest player on the roster. He's about 6'11", uh, but he's a, you know, he's a wing. Uh, Bam Montabayo is the tallest center you got. I think he's the, technically the only center on the roster, and he's 6'9". But, like like I said, you just don't – I don't know. I don't I, – I do think the rest of the world is catching up, uh, but also I think, you know, we haven't sent out our best either. Like, if you think about the starters, uh, in a normal circumstance where they send out our very best players – only player that would be probably a starter is Kevin Durant. That's about it. I think Damian Little would probably be the sixth or seventh man. But if you think about Bradley Beal, who's in the starting lineup, Jason Tatum, if we set that out very best, I don't think Bradley Beal or Jason Tatum will be a starter uh, in that instance.
1: No, no.
0: no. Well, you know, and you got guys on this roster, Draymond Green for either for that matter. So you got guys on this roster that normally wouldn't even come close to sniffing the team USA roster. Uh, with the amount of t- talent that we usually send to the Olympics. So I think that's part of the problem, too. And then, they, I mean, these guys haven't been together long at all either. So starting to figure stuff out. Like, they, they you know, they dominated Argentina, uh, beat them by 28. And uh, they defended the three-point line well. Argentina only shot 9 for 29 from from three, and they shot 38% from the field. So they locked in defensively. Uh, but I think that's the issue. You know, on-ball defense, defending three-point line, the lack of size, that's what's going to hurt them. Uh, but hopefully, you know, on-ball defense, that should improve adding Chris Middleton and, and Drew Holiday. Uh, but neither of those guys, you know, solved the lack of size problem. I think they should have sent at least another center in. I don't know who that would have been, uh, but they needed at least one more center. Because, like I said, you got to play teams with, you know, Nikola Jokic and guys like that and Rudy Gobert. And, you know, they're going to take advantage of that. Bam is a, a great defensive player, but he's only 6'9", too, so.
1: Right, and those are all great points, bro. I completely agree with you because, I mean, at least I know in the first two games, they've already been out-rebounded pretty notably. Uh, but, you know, it got me to thinking. I was thinking about the big men, big guys in the NBA who could have been on the team. And, you know, you think about it. So, check this out. You got, excuse me, you got Nikola Jokic, international you got Joel b international you got rudy gobert international <laughs> i just got to thinking i mean all the top centers in the league really are all from other countries that's true that's true i don't like i said maybe call Anthony any towns maybe you could have maybe him uh other than and I, Mose, I, I yeah, think right. I think even he's technically he's another nationality. I believe. Also, oh, well, I don't really know who else you would have
0: would have added. Maybe Miles Turner or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But. Carl Anthony Towns is
1: Dominican American. Oh, I mean, you could have had Anthony Davis too, but uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, other than Anthony Davis, who's hurt, I mean, the options really limited. That's true. That's true. I, didn't I mean, think, Sabonis. They really, really sit just, just think about it. Right, Sabonis so International. But, I mean, I'm really yeah. surprised that they don't tap into the younger talent even more because, like I said, I in mean, other countries, they start playing for their teams when they're teenagers, uh, guys like Luca and even like Andrew Wiggins and them in Canada. Uh, so, you know, we don't have, like, John Morant. We don't have Zion. And I think those guys should be – even, you know, De'Aaron Fox, some of those guys should be on the team. i that's much better have Zion than Kevin Love. That's <laughs> true, definitely. Uh, I
0: don't even – you know, no disrespect to Kevin Love, but I don't even know how, why he was included on this roster. Like, he doesn't – I mean, he's a – He's a big but he doesn't defend, you know what I'm saying? So a I mean, good veteran presence. <laughs> I mean, all of those if you think about it, I mean Kevin Durant's a veteran, Draymond Green's a veteran, Dame is a veteran, Chris Middleton's a veteran, uh, Drew Holiday's a veteran, like we got plenty of veterans on the squad. <laughs> you could have added another quality big, you know, in his place. So I, I don't know. Yeah.
1: They could have added anybody. They could have put Andre Drummond on there for all I care. Somebody to get some rebounds.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. But let's go ahead and move on to our quick hit segment. We got a couple things to talk about here. Uh, first, Quinn, uh, Kawhi Leonard has successful surgery on a partially torn ACL. Uh, Quinn, what are your thoughts on the Kawhi Leonard
1: situation in this future? Yeah, man, well, first off, Gilwell, Kawhi, as you said, he did have surgery on this partially torn ACL. Uh, so, I mean, with it being partially torn, the recovery is probably going to go into late December. But, you know, with Kawhi, I mean, he's so cautious. You know, he's made out of glass. And, you know, it could be any time with him, maybe well into next calendar year. Uh, But, I mean, this definitely, for At least for this summer, I definitely think that this significantly decreases the chance that he signs with another team. He's pretty much for certain going to be in L.A. next year. But, uh, I mean, at this point, you know, what team is really going to want to throw him max money if he does decide to opt out? I mean, with Kawhi's injury history... And he's, in, he's hitting age 30 now. He just turned 30, actually. Um, I mean, a lot of teams are going to be pretty, you know, they'll be pretty shaky about whether or not they want to give him that kind of a long-term contract. And so I definitely think he'll sign a one-year deal with the Clippers, but I wouldn't be surprised if he just went ahead and stayed and made it a two-, three-year deal.
0: Like I said, shout out to Kawhi, <clears throat> uh, my favorite player. Hope he recovers well. Hope he recovers quickly and efficiently. Uh, but yeah, I think that definitely puts aside the notion that he's going to sign with another team. Uh, but I don't think he, you know, he has another year on the contract. He has the option to opt out or opt in. So I, I definitely don't think he's going to opt out uh, just to add more years. I don't. I think he would rather opt in and then just sign a new contract next off season. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm curious to see. How long he's going to be out? Tip, I looked at you know some I looked at some stuff today about partially torn ACLs, and it looks like recovery time is at least three to four months, or something like that, uh, on the low end. So we're going to see. But like you said, Kawhi Leonard has been uh, very cautious with injuries in in you know in the past. So it'd be interesting to see uh, how long he decides to sit out or how much time he takes away.
1: And you have to think too, with him possibly missing significant time. I mean, are the Clippers going to be able to stay alive in the playoff race until he comes back? So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because, I mean, you got to remember, too, the Clippers have been underperforming every year that Kawhi has been in town so far. So I wouldn't say
0: underperforming. I mean, first year they underperformed, but last year, I think, I think we all believe that had Kawhi not gotten injured, they would have been in the NBA Finals right now. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. I give you that. I give you that. Well, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Reggie Jackson's a free agent. Nicholas Batum's a free agent. Uh, Patrick Beverly is up for it. Well, he's up for an extension. He could possibly get an extension. I think he has a one year left on his contract. And, I I't you know, they've been linked to signing Lonzo Ball and maybe trying to get Kyle Lowry in a side and trade. So, I'm pretty sure they're going to try to make some moves, especially with not knowing how long Kawhi is going to be out.
1: Right. Even uh, DeJounte Murray might be on the trade market now, too. That yep, could be yep. an option. Oh, yeah.
0: But speaking of the trade market, Philadelphia 76ers point guard Ben Simmons uh, has been a hot topic for trade conversations, uh, and reportedly they're looking to trade to gotta get another all-star in Philadelphia. So, Quentin, what are your thoughts on the Ben Simmons uh,
1: trade, you know, trade rumors, and do you think they'll get another all-star for him? Man, well, first off, I don't think for... To be honest, I don't think they're going to get another all-star for Ben Simmons. For one, he really significantly hurt his damage with this playoff run that he just had. I mean, you know, for you to not even try to put effort into working on a jump shot and you've been in the league this long, uh, I mean, that's a big red flag in itself. But, you know, definitely... I think a fringe-level all-star somewhere. Uh, I'm looking at maybe Portland, somebody like CJ McCollum. Um, That's who I'm thinking may make the most sense in this scenario. But I don't think they'll get back an all-star-level player. I honestly don't even know.
0: know, Unless somebody like Brad Bill becomes available or maybe trying to – Get Dame for him. I really don't know where else you trade him. Where you're gonna get a, a All Star Cowboy player? And You said maybe you know a French level player like C.J. McCollum. I did see Chris Boussard yesterday. He mentioned trading him to the Golden, trying to trade him to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, a possible trade with involving uh, him and Seth Curry trading him for Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins at number seven pick. Uh, which if I'm Philly, I don't know that I I do that. Uh, because then you lose your primary ball handler. you have to rely on Shake Milton uh, and guys, you know, and if you trade away Seth Curry, you just lose another ball handler. You have to, uh, you know, rely on Tyrese Maxey, and you'd have a log jam at the wing spot. So, I honestly don't know where you would trade him to. Uh, We're going to see as the months, you know, go on. We're definitely going to see because I think he's definitely out of Philly. I just don't know where he's going.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't rule out a team like the New York Knicks. I mean, pretty much, you know, with what they've seen that they have and what they're capable of doing, I wouldn't rule them out on trying to make some major moves this offseason and seeing how they can get better. That's true, but if you say, for instance, you trade them to New York, what guards are you really going to
0: get, though? Because Derrick Rose is a free agent. and then I mean, who other than that, you got a manual quickly. Um, you're not gonna trade Ben Simmons for Emmanuel quickly, so I mean, so I don't even know if you trade them there. I've heard them be linked, linked to uh, the Sacramento Kings, but it's kind of like who do you? I'm and, I'm man. sure the Kings aren't.
1: I'm sure the Kings aren't gonna give up uh, De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> no. Nah. And Sorry. I, I mean, with New York, I don't know if they would be. I highly doubt they would be willing to give up R.J. Barrett. So. And
0: then even then you just get another wing player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you already got Matisse Steible, you already got um Tobias Harris, you know, you got guys like Danny Green, so it's kinda like, you know, you already right, got a lot of bring the ball up. <laughs> oh, but also one thing I almost forgot to mention uh MB- the cover athletes for NBA 2K22 was rel- were were ren- were announced, excuse me. <laughs> and uh you know, Kevin Durant, Candace Parker is the first going to be the first woman ever on the cover of NBA 2K. Uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dirk Nowitzki, and uh Luka Doncic are also going to be uh cover athletes on various editions. So Quentin, what are your thoughts on the 2K22 covers and, you know, uh how do you feel about Candace
1: Parker being on the cover for the first time? First woman being on the cover. Man, I'm a big fan of the cover, especially my girl, Candace Parker. Shout out to her. Uh, happy for her to be the first woman on the cover of the 2K game. Uh, and, I mean, I'm all for having the multiple versions of the game covers. Uh, you got Luca pretty much solo on the cover by himself. It looks pretty cool. And, like you said, the 75th anniversary game, uh, has Dirk, Katie, and Kareem on it. So, I mean, it looks pretty cool. I mean, I heard the graphics, I heard there was a new graphics team for this year's 2K. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Hopefully, it'll be something different because I'm ready for a mix up. <laughs> Definitely. It's like they continuously recycle the same
0: game. They just add sweat to it. That's about it. But Man, Shout out to Candace Parker. For shout out to Candace Parker for being on the cover. Uh, one of the greatest uh, players that we've ever seen. Not just women players, one of the greatest players, period, that we've seen. And I think she's about 36 and she's still
1: playing at an elite level. She's an all star this year. So shout out to Candace Parker. No doubt. And which, while you mentioned it, the WNBA all star game is tonight. And Candace posted some gold Kobe she has on, and they kind of hard. They hard. They some Adidas. I have not
0: I would say okay, so they're probably the Kobe Kobe. I forgot exactly what the name of them are, but I uh, think I know cur- exactly. I know the what crazy ones. I okay, I know exactly what they look like. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I haven't. I'm gonna look them up, but I haven't seen them. Yeah,
1: she got them in gold. I I believe she got them custom made in gold for herself. So. That's probably nasty. I'm going to have to look those up. All right, girl, they hard. Is there anything else you want to add? Man, uh, I think that was pretty much all I have for this episode. All right. Well, I just want to say I just want to thank you all for continuing
0: to support us, continue interacting with us on social media, uh, following our social media pages. Uh, And, Quentin, if you don't got anything else to add, man, we out.
1: All right. Sounds good to me. See y'all next time. Deuces. All right. We out.